0: Hello, and welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast designed to address the concerns of black men and provide a forum for them to learn, feel empowered, and be the men they are called to be. What's up, everybody? We usually don't hear the voices of black men on the topic of single parenting. But did you know that single-father households has increased from less than 300,000 in 1960 to over 2.6 million in 2011, according to a report from the Pew Research Center? There has been an ongoing debate whether black men are doing their part to be responsible parents. I had a recent conversation with two young brothers from different perspectives who are defying those stereotypes we'll hear the challenges and joys they have had raising children on their own. On that note, let's start the show.
1: Well, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Black Men Speak. It's a program that uh, gives black brothers a chance to talk about their lives and their their journeys. And we want to just let you guys know, uh, everyone know that we're out here doing our thing to make not only Um, ourselves better, our families better, but also our communities better as well. Uh, My name is uh, Keith Dent, and I am the host of Black Men Speak. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the other side of single parenting. As of 2011, the role of the single father raising the children is about 2.6 million. And I'm sure it's uh, much higher uh, since then. You know, and so that is a, you know, that's about a 24% increase back then. Of course, you know, know, single mothers dwarfs that number at about about 8 million. But just to let you know, you know, things are on the rise. But one of the things about that, do we really get to hear their stories uh, Black men out there raising their children? Do we hear how they became single? What are some of their feelings about their responsibilities? And did they need to overcome some of their issues in that they might've had in childhood in order to make sure they did some of the things that they needed to do responsibly? In order to make sure they left a legacy for their kids as they grow up. So when they become parents or even adults that they have the right uh, things in place to be a force on, on our society today. So t- today we got some great. We have some great uh, young brothers that are going to be on tonight. Uh, we have um, Victor Nicholson. So he runs the YMCA in Charlotte, uh, and he's a great brother. You know, we were in the uh, leadership conference in here in Newark, and then another uh, Newark native who I've known for about twenty plus years. And to see his growth from then to now raising his son has really been a, a wonderful journey that I just felt needed to be shared uh, with all of you. So I'm going to bring them on. Beneath, Belt, Victor, uh, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Keith.
2: Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be on your
1: platform.
2: Okay. Definitely well, happy to
1: be here. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and, you know, get, get started. We're all parents here. So I remember, you know, what it was like when I I found out I was going to be a parent, uh, when my wife told me uh, that was part of (laughs) nervous joy. So I would definitely love to hear, you know, how you guys felt when you were told that you were going to be a father.
3: And you you can go first, since you're the the youngest. (laughs) Thank you. I was definitely nervous. I was excited and nervous at the same time. I wasn't sure how I could Become a good father, not having a father growing up. Also, I didn't have like the most, I'll say, functional or well-structured upbringing. So I knew it was time to put in some work and just like become like the dad that I knew I deserved. So make sure my son had it. Great, great. Yeah, without that father
1: figure there, I know that's a lot of nervousness that can be, and you know, you always hear hear about that from from brothers. And what about you, Victor?
2: Uh, so, so I would say my experience was was different from uh, Brother Hanif's, um, you know, I, I had my dad in my life, a great relationship with my dad, uh, but when I found out that my daughter was going to be born, um, full transparency, I wasn't excited, right? I was uh, focused on my career, I was preparing to go into ministry. Um, so when I got that news, it was like, uh, my image was, was attacked, right? My image was broken. Um, So I I definitely wasn't excited. The man that I was at 25 is not the man that I am today. So definitely wasn't wasn't excited. Right. Um, Wasn't as supportive as I should have been. But the moment that I held my daughter in the hospital, that's when the excitement happened. Right. To to hold her in my arms. That moment changed my life. And that is where um, the excitement of fatherhood began.
1: And was the not excitement because it was more of a surprise, or is that why? Yeah, is that what led to that. Yeah.
2: So, so it wasn't planned, but when it happened, right? I was so focused on on career and, and ministry, right? So I was working for the NBA, just you know, fresh out of college, working for the NBA. I was living my dream uh, of of chasing this career, right? As a black man, you have a great job, and, and then you find out, you know, something that wasn't planned. So expect it happens, right? So I, I just wasn't prepared, but once I held my daughter in, in my arms for that first time, that's when, you know, life happened I said, I'm gonna figure this out.
1: Great, okay. So that kind of leads to the next question that we can kind of start with you since it was not necessarily planned. So what led to you becoming, becoming actually the single parent or kind of the, the lead parent
3: in your daughter's yeah. life?
2: Yeah, so, so my, um, for my situation, I became the primary high household uh, when I believe my daughter was a, a one or two years old. Uh, her mom decided to relocate to California um, and chase her career uh, of working in the film industry. At that point, talking about what would be best for my daughter and uh, we agreed that my daughter should stay with me. Um, you know her mom you know, came back after a while, came back to New York where I was living. Um, but then my house just continued to be the primary household. I, I didn't really know what uh, single parenthood was because I had a great support system, right? Maternal grandparents, uh, as well as her mom, came back. Um, my parents were very helpful. But then two and a half years ago, I relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, and my daughter came with me. So that's when it, it became real, right? With no support system, you know, my daughter with me. So, um we, we figured it out, right? We, we developed a new support system uh, while living in Charlotte. My, my daughter still has a relationship with her mom. She, you know, speaks to her every day. Um, she's actually in New York right now visiting her mom. But I would say that, you know, Charlotte is her primary household.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And Hanif, what about you? So what led to the fact that you decided or made a decision? Was it a decision that you would be the single,
3: single father, raising your, um, your son? Well, in that regard, my story is kind of the exact opposite of Victor's. I didn't have like the maternal grandparent support. It wasn't a mutual decision. We had to go through about a five year custody battle with the uh, New Jersey courts. And it's like that drained a lot out of me. It took, you know, I had to make a lot of changes as far as my work situation, living situation, things like that. And the decision for me, well, it wasn't necessarily a decision for me to become a single father, but where it's kind of a touchy subject for me. But um, after like I said, like after like the five years in court, we're going back and forth. I was trying to just gain more parenting time, get more time with my son, and just be more of a presence in his life. So like, he understood that his father is not just like some dude who's out there, you know, shirking on him or anything like that. His mother decided at some point to just like relinquish her custody, or physical custody of him and she disappeared from his life and been here now for about six, seven years now.
1: Sorry to hear that, brother. I know, and I know we're, because of that, usually when you hear about the court system, it's usually the opposite moms are trying to get the baby's father to be more present in life where it was the opposite for you. So I know it had to be a challenge and then the relinquishment and not even you know now being absent had to be de- definitely a blow, but I and I know from personal experience that you're doing a great job. Thank you, brother. I, I
2: salute you uh for that battle, right? Fighting you. for your son, Keith. I'm not sure if I shared this with you in the past, but my daughter's mom and I decided not to go the court route, right? We that, that's one thing that we didn't want to do, right? Is it, to fight it out in court and things like that. We would call you enough um, to have courageous conversations and you know, sit down and and see what would be best for my daughter. So brother, I support you. Uh, I salute you for, uh, for fighting that battle.
1: Thank you. It's definitely a battle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and with that, so that means because you were fighting in court, I want to kind of stay on that theme. What, you know, were there any misconceptions about single fatherhood that you had to overcome? Maybe some things that were said or some of the,
3: uh kind of policies or things that were out there that you had to you know fight um there were definitely a lot of misconceptions some of the greater misconceptions that i faced in court like both my son's mom and i have ethnic names so when we were sitting in front of the judge or judges judges didn't know you know which name applied to which person so i was a plaintiff in the, in the court cases because like When she started playing keep away and things like that, trying to keep me away from my son, I was like, listen, I don't wanna have to take it to court, but if I have to, I will, because I'm not just a biological father, I'm a dad. So when we went there, the judges attacked me, using her name at me, attacking me. Like every judge was gunning for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, naturally I just gotta let the judge speak to be respectful in that courtroom. But once things were clarified as to which parent is actually fighting for, you know, paternity and custody and more like parenting time and things like that. Um, some of the misconceptions in the courtrooms were drop. Some of the misconceptions that I face in society are just like, you know, some regarding like, you know, my dating life, some regarding, um, surprisingly, like my, my sexual preference, a lot of people didn't understand. It's like if I'm a single father and you know I was gainfully employed and doing well for myself while I was in, in a relationship, while I didn't have a wife, while I didn't have a girlfriend. And a lot of women didn't understand that the relationship with my son comes first. And what's best for him supersedes what is ideal for her or even for myself. And a lot of women just didn't understand that. So, but um, other misconceptions that I faced were just that, like, you know, uh, I took him from his mother, so to speak. Like, rather than you know us just like I attempted to work things out before going to court, but like, a lot of people have been, have accused me of just like you know stealing him away from his mother, saying things like, "Oh, he needs to have his mother in his life," and, which I didn't disagree with at all. Like, you need to have both parents. I think it's, it's, it just creates a stronger foundation for a child. Those are just some of the misconceptions I face. There's, there's been a few more.
1: Yeah, well, we'll definitely touch the dating thing a little bit later. Because uh, sure. that is, that's always a big, a big thing. What about you, Victor? Did you get any of those misconceptions you had to go through? I would say
2: the biggest misconception was uh, fathers cannot be nurturers to their daughters. That that was mm-hmm. definitely, I, I continuously heard that, that daughters need you to be with their, their moms. But, you know, my daughter has, been with me. We have a great relationship, and I, I believe that I am the nurturer, you know, parent. So um, that was the, the biggest misconception that I experienced, you know, that dad just could, you know, raise daughters alone. So um, I think I've overcome that misconception.
1: Yeah. And yet the they thing. have the thing that they have out there is daddy's girl. So it's interesting yeah. that you would, you would actually hear that from people in yeah. regards to not being the nurturer, and I, you know, I'm kind of that way, my, you know, myself, not the hard dude, but can nurture all and try to all all of my kids. So
3: it's be that's interesting that you receive that. Yeah, Geneva, you are gonna say something to me? Yeah, I was gonna say to Victor, I think it's important that you do, that you are nurturing to your daughter because like the first relationship that she has with a man is with you. So if you right. give her that example of what to expect from men. And she won't right. settle for life. I'm like, thank you for doing that because we need more men like you. I. Absolutely. Thank you. So have you fellas
1: actually heard anything from any outside people when your child was with you? And mm-hmm. how did it make you feel and did your you know your children uh have they ever how did they feel or did they make a comment about maybe what was said?
2: Uh, so so early on, um, I would be out with my daughter with a baby bag, the bottles and uh, pampers. And uh, I would always hear, are oh, you babysitting? Right. I am not a babysitter. Uh, that, that was the the narrative that, you know, dads uh, can't take care of their, their kids or uh, because I'm a black man, I'm babysitting and not being a parent. So that would frustrate me time and time again when I heard um, that I was just a babysitter. Um, because it wasn't the norm that dads are out with their uh, with an infant um, alone, right? So uh, I would definitely say that was one thing that was a
1: challenge for me when I was out. Wow! Yeah, and, you know, I heard I've heard that too a few times, especially when right. you, have, you have the you have the bag, or if you have that baby Bjorn thing on. <laughs> you know. and, 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 <laughs> I'm a fly with it though, right? So I had you know a matching
2: bag with you know like it matched my outfit, and we was fly together. But I would continuously hear that, that I was out babysitting, right? And that, that
1: was definitely a, a challenge for me. And how old is your daughter now? She's
2: 12 now.
1: 12, okay, that's what I thought. So I know you guys have a great relationship. I've seen some of your posts and everything. Um, but what about now, now that she's older, have you, has she heard anything that she might've, you know, asked questions about? Not really,
2: because so many people that, you know, it's in our network, um, they have seen me since she was a, a infant uh, with my daughter. We really haven't experienced anything that has been uh, challenging,
3: you know, in the in last couple of years. So uh, I, would say, I would say no to that. Okay. What about you, Vaneev? Some of the things that I would hear that would just like, I can't say they would upset me or frustrate me. is just like a lot of women and men have assumed when he and I are out together that like his mom is somewhere else waiting for us to come back or going to come join us. And they ask the question you know people just like ask questions just being been conversations being like you know cordial saying things like oh where's his mom and the way that he would take that, that question it wasn't always a pretty sight i think uh just like what Victor was saying earlier i think that question to some extent is rooted in the notion that men cannot be good providers and good nurturers and you know when people would ask questions about his mother around him public, or even just like in, if in a private setting, it's just, you know, it, it kind of got to him a little bit, some talking to to get him through it.
1: Okay. So it's actually impacted him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and was it more so he wanted to know where his mom was, or was it just why are they people asking these kind of questions?
3: It was a mix of both. Like, um, he's eight now, up until the point where he was about five or six, whenever people would ask a question, he would start crying, you know, he would... Uh, you know just started asking questions to me pretty much along the same lines like where's my mom why is she here why does she go?" and one thing that i've always done with him was like i tried not to give him too much information before i feel like he's ready to absorb it and process it but i definitely kept it real with him just remain honest with him about why our situation is the way it is you know but he's definitely growing through that yeah and i
1: could and i'm sure that you know with a different ages. Is- uh, it affects them differently, and also the gender as well. When there's, they're looking for certain things, uh, and so I know since Victor, since your daughter is older, I mean, but I know she has a good relationship with her mom. But has that been an issue as she's aged? Has there been some challenges that she has been going through? Because I know I have, I have a 13 year old right now, <laughs> and uh, you know, to say there's some changes that are going on, you know. <laughs> What uh, change is,
2: uh, I think that's a polite way, right? I, there are moments where I don't know who uh, this young lady is, right? Um, there has definitely been a shift from fifth grade to sixth grade, like a major shift. Um, so I, I would definitely say, I, I, I see that, that shift taking place. She still needs a job. She was expensive before and she's expensive now. But uh, um, I would definitely say, I see the
1: attitude change in my daughter. Oh okay, <laughs> yeah I know right. <laughs> we, I guess you better you better you better hold a spot for at the Y. I know you I know you do already. So <laughs> trust me,
2: trust me. The, the moment she can start working, she
1: will be off my payroll. So then, has there been any positive or negative uh, responses from your children from not seeing their mother kind of on a regular basis? And if there, if that is the case, you know what what how that what has that been like? And how do you handle it? I would say for me,
2: uh, I am intentional about ensuring that uh, my daughter develops a relationship with her mom. Uh-huh. Every morning before school, and I drive her to school, uh, I, I make sure you know. First thing I say is, "Hey, call your mom." So on our way to school, you know, she calls her mom. Uh, I, I want to make sure that you know she has the the access to her mom. Um, so FaceTime, you know, they're, they're speaking um, often. And I will make sure that my daughter, every summer, goes up um, to spend time in New York with her mom. Uh, my daughter has a thirst for that relationship, that mother-daughter relationship. So I'm intentional about um, supporting that relationship, right? So whether it's putting her on a plane to fly uh, to New York to spend time with her mother, I have no problem doing that because I know that my daughter needs both parents. I, I think, uh, Brother Neef you said <coughs> that earlier, um, the importance of you know, trying to build that relationship with both parents. So. Um, so it's been a challenge, right? um, especially since I relocated, you know, out of state, but um, I'm definitely intentional
3: about uh, their relationship. Okay. That's it's good. And Anit, what about you, um It's been a mix. It's definitely been a mix. There's been a lot of confusion early on, um, a lot of questions that I couldn't answer in depth early on. Um, as of late, there's been a lot more clarity, there's been a lot more discussion, open discussion about the circumstance, about why things, again, why the situation is the way it is. But I would say, initially, the way the transfer happened, it just created so much confusion. Was, his mind was just so cloudy, trying to figure out why life was the way it was. But lately, things have definitely improved. It's like his, his perspective, his, his responses. It's like, it's a lot more positivity and the way he answers the situation now.
1: And I, and I know that's a tough situation, especially since you had alluded, you had said and that she's she's not as involved or not involved as much or at all, and so mm-hmm. to, to to have to deal with that issue on the other side, I'm sure, is a challenge. Definitely is. So one of the things that we didn't, which you really hear about, which we don't probably talk about enough, is self care. So as As uh, single parents, because your job is twenty-four-seven, not only are you working, but you're also trying to. So then you have to do when you get home from work all the other things. You are chef, then you are homework instructor. You are then probably a bedtime reader, or if you know, just younger age, or just counselor. So, what are some of the things? How do you feel about? Self care and what are some of the things that you, the brothers, that you guys do uh, for self care?
2: I would say for me during this quarantine, I started DIY projects, right? So doing things around the house uh, has become my outlet. Um, And one thing you know I I did was you know fix up my uh, my backyard. Um, So that has become my safe haven. Um, So at the end of the night, you know after I'm finished cooking, after I've done homework and put her to bed, I go in the backyard and. I'm an avid reader. I enjoy listening to music so listening to jazz you know sit in my backyard on a fire pit before you know when it's not too hot that, that's just my space the outdoors. you know I, I really enjoy cooking as well um, so that's my, my my safe haven and now that she's in New York, um, any opportunity that I get to go to a vineyard or you know to the beach that, that's where I am. So this summer while she's up you know visiting a uh, family uh, and a mom, uh, I'm taking care of myself. Um, so this is my time for self-care, gearing up for when she comes back at the
1: end of the summer. So before I get to you, me question, do you still not have a TV? <laughs> uh, I yeah. have a TV, um, but I do not do
2: not turn it on.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: when I do attempt to turn on Netflix, I always have to change my password because I forgot the password. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't use it often, so. That's now, great
1: that you remembered that from class. Of course, because that yeah. was the one thing I admired about this brother. I was like, not only was he a great dresser, but he wasn't watching TV as well. And I'm like, wow. So, there, so to- there, there, there's no cable in my
2: house. Definitely got rid of it years ago. So okay. uh, that that's still that
1: still is true. <laughs> okay, all right, Hanif. What about you, sir?
3: <laughs> brother Victor got an expensive paperweight over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know how to spell self-care when <laughs> nah, I just get Whenever I have like time alone, like say if I take him to my brother's house or to like, you know, if he's out with friends or something like that. So I just do it for things. Like also, like you mentioned DIY projects, I'm really big on gardening nowadays. So it's like, I started growing a lot of houseplants, um, started growing a lot yeah. of vegetables, and herbs, things like that. Just, you know, kind of cut down on the grocery bill a little bit. Also just like improve my brain thumb. And before COVID hit, I got back into fitness a lot more. Definitely looking to get back into it more not more than I used to be than I've been for the past few months. But exercising, cooking, you know I'm a chef, it's like it's what I do as a tree, what I've done as a tree. So anytime I get to get outside I'm like just bust that grill open, light up the charcoal, it's like the serenity for me. That's, that and in the warm
1: That's great. So did you so have you gotten a card deck out? That's what I want to know. The card deck is out, and you started that again, right?
3: No, I haven't started the deck of cards out yet. (laughs) Not yet. Trying to work my way back up to 200 a day, and then it's like I get the deck of cards going. So, so Anif would, back in the day, he
1: would use a deck of cards, so when he would turn it over, you had to do whatever that number was. You had to do the number of push-ups,
3: right, until you finished the deck? Yeah, that many push-ups, then flip around, do that many sit-ups or leg lifts, whichever abdominal workout you want to do.
2: Man, so during this quarantine I gained about fifteen pounds. So I need to pull that out and, and start working on that. So that's a great concept.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's actually something that uh I got from TV. It was like I forget what show it was, but guys were in jail and they were doing like just flipping cars doing push-ups. Like that's a great way to just do random workout. And at the end I think you get about six hundred forty push-ups in or something like that. So I just before before we move
1: on, I just want to give shout outs to Celestine for for commenting. Uh, She was very proud of you brothers. Uh, Tamina Johnson, uh, Marjorie Johnson for commending for what you guys were doing. Tanisha um, Malcolm went. thank you. Uh, Lisa Washington as well. And she had a question which was kind of where we were going. She wanted to, well, no, well, first of all, I I had a question is that are you both single? That was my question. And then how has single fatherhood impacted your dating life, good or bad?
2: So, yes, uh, I, I am single. Uh, so I would definitely say that that has been a challenge. There have been young ladies who said, you know, you, you don't have the time, right? Because I spend so much time with my daughter. So that that's definitely has been a challenge. And I'm not just bringing anyone around my daughter, right? So just
1: make sure that I'm protective of her. So it definitely has been a challenge in my, in my dating life. So, which is interesting. I don't think brothers would say to a single mother, oh, you don't have the time and then just not give them a chance. I mean, I don't know, but maybe. If
2: you don't have children, if the young lady doesn't have children, you know, she would be expecting my time. They they don't get what it entails, right? Schoolwork, projects, you know, traveling, picking up, right? And and just every day, I need to make sure that I'm exposing her to a number of cultural activities as well, and I'm I'm not allowing just anyone to tag along. So uh, I would Hmm. definitely say um, it, it is a challenge.
3: Well, for me, it's been like positive and negative impacts on my dating life. Um, One thing that I found a lot of, a few women that I've, you know, met, I don't want to say that I've dated, but just like women that I've met since I became a single father have definitely been, it seemed like trying to like plant themselves in that, that, that that maternal role. And I'm like, you know, before we get any of that stuff going, it's like, I really get to, got to get to know someone personally. As Brother Victor said, like I don't bring just anyone around my son, and it's like that makes it challenging for a lot of women because I think a lot of females' understanding of single fatherhood is just a single man who has a child, not a, a single full-time father. Mm-hmm. I think when I explain my situation in past situations, it, it didn't register fully, and the investment that I put into my son, like as far as like time, attention, energy, it's like the, the focus that I put into him. Again, I think I've run into situations where women have wanted to compete for that attention. It's like they didn't quite take too kind to me saying like, okay, either deal with it or, you know, you're free to go. But I think one of the positive takes that I have from being a single father in terms of relationships is I'm a lot more patient now with who I bring around. I'm a lot more patient than I was when I was in my earlier 20s because it's like, you know, well, I'm not going to go into detail, but... I'm a lot more patient than I used to be. It's like, I take my time. I'm not just trying to give myself either emotionally, mentally, physically, anything like that right now, because I understand the value of who I am and what I have to lose and what I have to gain. And I can't risk and sacrifice that for her. So like Brother Victor said, when the right one comes along, it's like, she'll understand hopefully that, you know, she's she's in the (laughs) backseat.
1: In in other words, it's really gonna take a special uh, someone to reach the, the heart, so to speak, because your heart right now is really devoted to your kids. And yeah. so in order to really get in there, they're gonna have to have as much patience and, and do a lot of work as well in order for your heart to soften, so to speak.
2: But I will say that I, I, I'm i a package deal now, right? So um, not only will she have to get my heart, she would have to get the heart of my daughter um, because my daughter it, it plays a, uh, uh, such an essential role in my life. Um, I need to ensure that she is happy as well. So I would definitely say that the young
3: lady um, that comes along will have to uh, win both of our hearts. Yeah. So soften our heart is just like understanding that you got to know where your soft spot is in that heart. Okay. And so last thing on that that front, because I know this is not a relationship
1: show, <laughs> but in the past or recent, do you feel... A- a, a woman with kids would have a better advantage or or less an advantage.
2: So I'm open whether you know the young lady doesn't have um, you know children, um, but I think that someone with children would understand um, the daily grind of being a parent. Um, it may be more understanding, but I'm sure there is someone um, just depending on the maturity level or, or an experience that you know what what they've endured growing up. So I'm open. So I, I wouldn't say, you won't catch me saying,
3: Oh, she has to have children in order for me to uh, date her. So. I think a woman with children would understand the situation or the circumstance more, but for my particular situation, where for the past, like for, for years, it's pretty much been my child and I, just my son and I, it's like, I don't think a lot of women can understand the amount of time that is required for me to be a full-time single dad with little, you know, child care assistance so it doesn't matter whether a woman has children or not but i do think a woman who has children already would understand it. just just experience this it, and like i think it makes a lot more it seems a lot more
1: clear yeah that and that's interesting to me because i, I think you also hear that from the other side single mothers and maybe because it's, it's single mothers not just single women they they say the same thing Got you know guys they get Frustrating guys just don't understand what it takes to be a parent. And when they're complaining, or you know, oh, you, you don't have no more time for me, uh, you're selfish, what have you, the fact that you guys would hear, you know, also hear those
3: same things It's very interesting.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, I think it's just a human thing. I don't think it's, it's, it's related to gender. I think people just have the expectations of what they want in a dating situation, in a committed relationship, their courtship, whatever. It's like, we all have our desires and our expectations and if they're not met, we just often have a tendency to just assume the other person doesn't want to meet them and it's not more of a situation where they're not capable of meeting those expectations and desires at the moment.
1: So as we as we kinda of get draw to a close, I wanna to kinda of touch upon kinda of black lives matter, where we are currently in our in our society as black men. So I'd like to Talk about, you know, what has been your thoughts about what's been going on in our society right now? And what are some of the things that you're either concerned about for your children or some things that you're, you know, maybe, you know, excited about the future?
2: I would say for me, when we look at Black Lives Matter, you know, I, I am pushing for um, when I see Breonna Taylor, I see my daughter. Right. Um, so that, that's just one thing. Um, the word uh, intersectionality comes to mind, right? The number of things that my daughter will have against her, one being a female, another thing being a black female, right? So um, when I'm at work, I'm advocating for women because not only am I advocating for those that work for me, I'm advocating for my daughter. So what concerns me is the pay equality. And um, I wanna make sure that women are receiving the same pay that men are receiving, right? Um, because that will help get my daughter off my payroll at an earlier um, stage, right? So there are a number of things that come to mind when you ask that question, um, but I, I am definitely advocating for women now more than I was uh, 12 years ago, uh, being that I have a daughter, a black
1: young lady in my household. So. Um, definitely pushing for equality for all women. And being just to touch upon, being that you lived in the East Coast versus now you're in, in the South, have you seen, is there a different perspectives as far as uh, black yeah. women and how they're treated or regarded? Uh, so I,
2: I would definitely say, you know, just being in uh, my role of leadership, uh, I've seen, I've, I'm aware of it now when uh, some men walk into a room and don't acknowledge the women that are in the room. Right. Um, that sends off a red flag for me because that could be my daughter in that leadership role. Right. So there have been moments where, you know, a black woman was in the room with us, someone came over and shook my hand, um, but didn't shake the young lady's hand that was in the room, right? So wow. um, that's definitely some women are not acknowledged in the boardroom. I'm aware of that now, um, because that could
3: be my daughter. Wow. What about what about you, Venevee? Well, to respond to Brother Victor's perspective I think it is very important that we advocate for black women because just just when you look at how little light how little emphasis has been placed by the media on the arrest of, for you know of the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor she said oh uh-huh. they broke in you know no uniforms no announcements and just started over looking fire and it's like the media is not really covering that to touch on the point about you know you daughter having two strikes against you it's like if the woman now and in the future are going to still carry those same stress because you can't change those things about yourself. It's like, we really do need to advocate for women more because they're a less protected portion of our population, but so essential to the longevity and to the development, to the improvement of our culture, of our society, everything. So we got to advocate for women. Also got to put ourselves in a position to be able to care for and protect them. One thing that I think uh, about Black Lives Matter, the movement, and just like the concept, not even the concept, but just like the reality that Black lives do matter, is in order to have a greater or stronger say in a society or the a pocket of society, so like in a municipality, dollars really speak. So the Black dollar is a very powerful dollar, just like any other dollar. So if our dollars go the right way, then the laws and conduct will follow the flow of the cash, just the way society is set up so i think um one important thing to speak into existence for this generation for the next generation most to follow is ownership not just ownership of concepts like you know intellectual property but actual physical land ownership when you own land you own the say on that land you own a portion of the municipality's you know decision making power so i preach to my son all the time he gets tired of hearing about it, about home ownership and property ownership and the importance of just improving your financial situation because this is a capitalist society. America loves money. So vote with your dollar, fight with your dollar, speak with your dollar because that's what people follow. And the black dollar needs to definitely grow. And that's great. The last show we talked about
1: creating uh, generational wealth as a way to start to have a voice in what things are done, how things are done in our, country and without that we we won't be we won't advance to at the speed and the capacity that we need in order for our children to have the, the the lives that we need them to to have and we also need to get out to vote as well because if we don't make changes from the from the policy standpoint where our our leaders or our uh, politicians speak for us and so el miney who was on two shows ago said You know, the the government, they're policy implementers. They implement the policy that we want. And so if we don't speak up and use our voice to vote and demand, they won't implement the policies that we need in order to make the changes for us and for our children. So great show tonight. Um, Once again, I want to applaud you guys, Victor and and all of the single fathers out there that are doing their thing to raise their sons and daughters. Uh, you guys get the heroes of the black men, heroes of the day for being on today and just, you know, just telling us your story and your journey because it, more of it needs to be told. And I was glad that you guys were here to share. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you for the opportunity
2: um, to join the platform tonight.
1: Definitely. Thank you for the platform. Well, you're welcome.
0: As you can see, When brothers make up their mind to do something, no matter the circumstances, they will do it. I admire Hanif and Victor for sharing their stories and doing their thing to raise their children. Parenting is hard work, whether you're two parents raising children together or you're a single parent. I applaud all of the single parents out there doing their thing, especially the black men. I will leave you today with a quote from M. Russell Ballard, and it states, Fathers, you are the primary model of manhood for your sons and daughters. You are their most meaningful mentor. And believe it or not, you are their hero in countless ways. Your words and your example are a great influence on them. Black Men Speak was written by yours truly, Keith Dent, and edited by intern and fellow Hoya alum, Grace Chung. Peace.